0: The project. the project Kuwait, Kuwait. Kuwait. learn, learn. learn. Live. live live. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Welcome to the project Kuwait. Our motto is learn, lift, and live. Basically, I graduated in 2009, and the memories came flooding in. Coming back up on this stage, last time I was up here, I was accepting the dean's award and a whole bunch of others that my wife didn't get, which she'll probably kill me for. <laughs> But she's the one who drove me to that, and the community here at AUK is what drove us to being as successful as we are. And it's been a long road. I'm not going to go down the whole rabbit hole, but does anyone know what a podcast is? Anybody? Crickets? Crickets. More crickets. Okay. All right, so a podcast is like a radio show, basically. And we drop it on all major platforms, which is iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. you guys know what Stitcher is? Spotify? iTunes? Yeah, we all know what iTunes is. So that's what we do, basically. We saw a gap in the market. I'm a marketing major and a CrossFitter, unfortunately. And fortunately, who knows what CrossFit is? One, two, three, four, five, six. Does anyone do CrossFit? One, two. Oh, this is, that's pretty cool. What about powerlifting? All right, that's all. Now I'm going to throw the mic over to head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for that introduction. Um, So after graduating from AUK, I am going to go down the list that Mehdi did not go down. So I worked for the office of Tony Blair and the Prime Minister of Kuwait for two years as a research information specialist um, and then taught in China for a couple of months, taught English, came back and got my master's in comparative literary and cultural studies And now taking a little pause on academia and doing powerlifting and the podcast.
0: Thank you. Can we get a round of applause for her, please? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So now going into our team. Um, Our team is a mixture of experts. We try to bring the experts to the forefront for everybody to learn. You know, that's why we say learn, lift, live. And jumping right into it, I didn't talk about anything because I'm most proud of what I'm doing right now, which is the Project Kuwait. And that's bringing experts to the mic so that they can better the minds of today and tomorrow. And with that, my co-host, partner, co-creator of the Project Kuwait, Meg, do you want to jump in now and tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. A little louder, guys. Uh, Come on.
0: I mean, she is only a gut health expert, but.
2: (laughs) First of all, I miss everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I'm joining from the States. I um, spent the last five years of my life living in Kuwait as part of the team that helped set up Circuit Plus and all those facilities over there. Absolutely miss my Kuwait life now that I've been back in the States for about 10 months. (laughs) So I hope to get out and visit you guys in real life soon. Well, thank you for letting me jump on for this. A little bit of background of me. I was a college athlete. I swam all through college. and I was studying therapeutic recreation. Once I graduated, I had a really hard time with that shift of uh, going from a college athletic lifestyle into like an office job, kind of nine to five lifestyle. And that's where things like weight and fitness and all that kind of stuff uh, became a real struggle for me. So a lot of my experience in the health and fitness industry has been kind of a roller coaster. I've been competitive. I did move into competitive CrossFit after that, Olympic lifting as well. But it was really once I got out into Kuwait, I started studying different types of movement from all over the world, different ways of people approaching their health and wellness. And that's what really helped me just kind of recover in my own journey of, you know, making sure like hormones were in balance. I'm big on gut health and nutrition. I'm big on movement outside of traditional exercise. So yeah, I think weight is where I really like grew into an opportunity to, to learn a lot more about my body and then be able to share that and help people from all over the world. So yeah, a little background on me.
0: And then jumping over to when we talk about health and wellness, mental health is a huge part of everything we do in everyday life. That's why we have Psyched with Dr. D. There's definitely no extra credit involved in that applause, all right?
3: You know, I, uh, he forgot to tell you that I was his teacher and mentor. And actually, Mehdi, at that time, when he was a student here, we had a minor in psychology. And Mehdi was one of the class that got the minor. So, And look, this is a good product, right? So he did a good job. So it's very interesting because I never thought I was going to do a podcast and nevertheless doing one and co-hosting it with a student of mine. So I think that uh, Mahdi had invited me to come and be on the project just to talk about wellness. And because he has a minor, and I think we all know how it's really important, we can't just talk about physical health without talking about mental health. And I think this is something I reinforce in my Instagram and my uh videos and uh, on podcasts particularly because I feel like people really still don't understand like you can't think about diet and exercise and think that that's going to help your mental health. So everything works together and, and I'm very grateful that more and more researchers and uh, experts are talking about the combination of two. It's not one or the other. So when he uh, invited me to talk about, you know, something, I, don't, I can't remember the topic we talked the first one. I
0: don't know, but one. you stole the show, so it's okay. <laughs> You stole the show. So I that. stole the show. So I,
3: I don't know what we talked about. We were talking about mental health. And, and then I was like, well, why don't we just do a podcast? I think it would be good. And we bring different topics. I mean, I listen to podcasts. Actually, I'm listening to them more now that after i have part of the project. I didn't listen to them before, but I just realized that people need to have an avenue where they can hear about things. But I'm also very big about not making it complicated. Like I know that... All of you are like, your brain is tired and you're studying, you're working and whatever. And I feel like we need something that's common sense that everyone is going to relate to. And it could be fun. And, you know, psychology doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be serious. So we started in May, right? I think so. Yes,
0: we recorded our first episode of May. We launched Psych with Dr. D June 8th or 9th, I believe. right. And today is actually our, the Project Kuwait's one-year anniversary, so...
3: Yeah, happy anniversary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we're creeping up on our 100th episode coming up. Yes. And with that, another person that's part of the project in many forms, or NMP programming, no magic pill programming, Ellie Brewers, who is a coach here in Kuwait, a CrossFit athlete, and all around model to society, I would say, um, in the way she works and her work ethic in the gym. So she's from NMP, so
4: <laughs> okay, hi guys, my name is Ellie. I'm 27 years old and I'm from the Netherlands, Amsterdam. I bet you all know Amsterdam pretty well. <laughs> <Who doesn't? laughs> so when I grew up, not exercising was not an option for my parents. So I had to exercise. I had to try to find something what I like. So when I was, I think, five, six, I started with gymnastics, what I really liked to do. I did it for around five to six years. Then I went to high school, and then you change and you want to try something different. So I tried many team sports hockey, handball, volleyball, basketball, soccer, like football. But I hated it. I hated every single bit of it. I just think I'm personally just not really a team player with a ball. And like this whole eye-hand coordination is just not for me. But I had to try it. But every few months I was like, no, I don't like this. Why do I have to do this? Okay, just find something else. But I had to keep trying to find something just to stay active. Because that was really important for my family. Then I went to study. I originally studied hospitality management and i had to do internships and my first internship was in berlin germany and then i was like yes i have not my parents i cannot do anything what they want so i became very lazy like legit lazy i didn't want to do anything i just did my internship went home looked at tv the whole evening went to bed went back to my internship and then after like eight to 10 months I had to go back home and obviously my parents were there again okay let's go come exercise go like do play football with your brothers or go running and I can still remember my first run I couldn't even run anymore like two minutes I was like completely exhausted and that was the moment for me that I was like okay this is not good I exercised my whole life and I was pretty fit and good at the things I like to do, and now I cannot even like run anymore. So after I graduated from hospitality management, I went to sports. So I started to study sports, and with that, I also saw CrossFit, and I just fell in love with it. And from there, I just knew, okay, if I can do it, from this like very athletic girl to became very lazy, to see again how actually how important it is to exercise and not only physically but also mentally I will help other people as well so I live in the Middle East now for over two years my first year was in Dubai and last year I moved to Kuwait and I think it's the best thing ever so yeah
0: And now, honestly, last but not least, he's been on the Project Kuwait several times. He's been an intricate part of our growth as the Project Kuwait as a consultant from a physical exercise and movement perspective. He was also deemed the fittest man in Kuwait 2018, ex-rugby player, hell of a CrossFitter. He's ranked in the top 500 in the world in CrossFit, which is pretty damn hard to do. And I'm giving this guy all of his dues because he is the model athlete, and he's been a role model to myself and Haya for much of the last two years, Rob Scalacci.
5: Thank you. So Yeah, so like Maddie said, I first started off playing rugby when I was very young. I actually was a real bad asthmatic and my parents got me in it to try and help combat this. And then just through the years, I played all age groups, just played up through the ranks of rugby. And I represented like, uh, I played basically professional and represented England just from like the years of chipping away and playing at rugby. And then once I sort of run that course, sort of fell out of love with it and then fell into love with CrossFit. So I just transitioned to Cross. And from that, it was sort of a new thing that I found that I loved. And I just, the daily like grind of it, but also the satisfaction of these challenges. I mean, you guys know CrossFit, there's so much that we cover and do or so much to like get your teeth stuck into to like work on these new goals and new steps so that was sort of like just like hooked me and then I've been competing at it now for probably like pushing three or four years and like May said I took fittest in Q8 when I moved here I uh, competed at regionals I comp- competed all over the world in CrossFit so uh, like I love that aspect of the competitiveness and that like athlete lifestyle but uh with it I did a lot of studying for like strength and conditioning, nutrition, sports studies. And with that, I could like have a platform where I could reach out to people through my uh, side of NMP programming work and help people who need some more direction. There's like a lot of fads and a lot of misguided information out there. So we try and like cut away at that. And that's why we have the name of No Magic Pill because unfortunately, there isn't no quick fixes or no magic. Like pills to get you where you want to be in your fitness journeys. It is just consistency, hard work, and constantly chipping away at it. So I've been in Q8 pushing two years now. And Maddie and Hay are both my clients. And it's pretty cool to see where they started from. And now they've made huge leaps and bounds from it. Like Hay now competes in uh, powerlifting and crazy strong. And Maddie now competes in CrossFit. And like he can do all sorts of things that you wouldn't think to start with it's been quite a journey already.
0: I'm still an old man. I'm still 36 years old. So it's funny when I walk on my hands compared to you and Ellie. So yeah, that's the project team or experts that we try to bring up. Now, what we want to do is we want to try and highlight a little things like health and wellness from a general perspective. Everyone has a different vision of what health and wellness is, right? I mean, some of us see it as having a shredded six pack and you know, lifting crazy weight. Sorry, I I hate sitting down, especially when I'm on stage. But it's like that's those are general perspectives. Now, Meg sees it completely different from how I see health and wellness. Meg?
2: Yeah, my perspective is I get more into the mindfulness aspect. I think mindset is number one when it comes to health and wellness. I think that it starts with our thoughts. Whatever thoughts that we have, those are what drive a lot of our actions. So I'm very big on the mindset side of things. And nutrition is another big foundational piece of that. I think that no matter what you're doing in the gym, I think that that can totally be undermined by the food that we eat. So that's kind of my general perspective there as far as nutrition goes. And then with movement, I spent many years also doing, you know, being a college athlete, spending about 30 hours in the gym. A lot of that in you know 90 degree angles straight lines traditional exercise of what we know as squats and lunges and pushes and pulls all things that i think are very very helpful and that we do need but i also saw a great deal of people's pain and lives being helped by getting outside of that and looking at the body a little bit differently so my perspective is that your environment shapes you and that's you know the, the people that you surround yourselves with it's the stress loads that we get you know emotionally from family from work from school from society And then it's the physical load that we put on ourselves of either, you know, moving too much or moving not enough. I've been on both ends of those spectrums. And then of course, what we eat and what we drink, but mindset is number one for me on health and wellness. I often ask myself that, or my clients, like, what is healthy to you? And for some people, it's a, it's a very different response. Some people, it's the time in between, you know, being sick, (laughs) you know, how often are they going to the doctor? For some people, it is just a state of mind. For some people, it's a look. But we always try to break down, you know, where those stories and that perspective comes from. So I think it's very independent.
0: So, guys, anyone want to share their idea of health and wellness? Out there? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Sound. Sound. Anyone? Crossfitter. I'm picking on the Crossfitter. <laughs> you had your hand up, right? No. Yep, yep. Come on, man. What do you think health and wellness is about? Oh, I'm going to throw you the
3: mic, dude. Health of the body. Like how many times do you get sick and uh, your mindset? How do you take care of your uh, sleep and your uh, health, like your joints and uh, your exercising? How many times a week do you take care of yourself uh,
0: generally? Awesome, man. That's a good perspective. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, yeah, here we go. That way we can give, give the people up on the stage something to work with. I just think health and wellness, most people don't
5: incorporate
3: both physical and mental,
0: and I think both are equally as important
5: and I think just to sum up, it's the balance of those
0: two, which is, like, mental health and physical health. Okay, awesome. Two T-shirts. <laughs> and then, uh, Rob, what do you think about that? <laughs> I'm yeah, throwing just, the ball in your yeah. core, man. Like, um, <laughs> totally bombarding you fitness, with a question. Definitely,
5: like, for me, especially for, like, like general public, guys just want to be, like, fit and healthy. You're walking upstairs. You shouldn't be, like, out of breath. Like, oh, man, like... I gotta walk another three flights. You should be fine. That should be okay. You should be able to pick up some shopping bags or like later on pick up your kids and play with them. This health and fitness, there should be things you should be able to do. Like it shouldn't hurt to squat down or to lunge. So there should be that element where you are fit and able to do these sort of things and move in good ranges of motion. But also, like I was saying, the mental aspect, it's that satisfaction, that relief sometimes people feel after they've like trained hard or hit a good like training session or they've hit their goals or something, that mental aspect where you get that like endorphin rush, that sense of achievement from it as well is also like a real big positive plus from it. But uh, yeah, for like fitness health, like uh, Meg was saying, you should be able to like do movements and stuff associated with your environment. So like I say, like running for a bus or carrying objects, this should all be fine. This shouldn't be a struggle or something where you're like, oh man, I can't do another step or another set of floors. This should be okay for you guys.
3: We should ask the question, how many of you work out? But then I see a lot of people taking elevators. (laughs) I
0: was was
5: just going to say, how
3: how many of them take the stairs? How many times have to fight for the elevator? (laughs) But so how many are working out? Do you feel like the way you work out does meet your needs, like your nutritional, your mental health, the way you think? Now, why do you work out?
0: Ooh, that's a good question from the psych professor. Yeah, a little bit bit of a...
3: Why do you work out? For for overall health, okay? Yes? For what?
0: To lose weight.
3: To lose weight. Okay, what else? Yes? Yes. Ali? To gain muscles. Okay, I'm going to get them to say these things, and then you'll say if it's right or wrong, because I don't know. (laughs) Yes, sir? To get the balance of mind and body, all right? Faye? I say it's a form of therapy. It's a form of therapy. It's a form of therapy for me. Do you know my kids have gotten to the level, well, I, when I don't work out, they'll know. And they'll, my son the other day, mom, don't worry. Just go to the gym, please. <laughs> this is when he's really saying, oh, yeah. you're annoying me. Please go. Because <laughs> it's true. For me, I feel the same way. What else? Batma. <laughs> To improve your mental health.
0: I can tell what what major or minor you got. Psychology? (laughs) (laughs) Psychology much? How many classes do you take with Dr. D? (laughs) Two? All right.
3: (laughs) Anybody else? To improve. What are you trying to improve? Give me your mental health, your physical? Is that what you're saying? Physical? Okay. Anyone else?
2: I was going to say the social benefit is a big one, and that's something I noticed, especially starting up some of the women's facilities. In Kuwait too, I saw that a lot of friendships being developed like outside of where you guys would probably normally meet people, getting into a different uh, social circle. So I think social benefit is definitely another aspect of health or another benefit I think that is probably good for a lot of you.
0: I think from the competitive side too, and Ellie, you can shed light on this, from a competitive side, the social benefits there. I mean, it bleeds over into everything because you've competed in Kuwait for a while, and I'm sure.
4: Yeah, Yeah, true. So I'm not always saying that competitive CrossFit, what we are doing, or competitive sport is healthy. But, yeah, so next to that I train very competitive, I also train for life. So I also think, what if in 10 years, what if in 20 years, what if in 30, 40, maybe 50 years, what if you're 60 years old and I'm all by myself and I fall down on the floor and I cannot push myself up or I cannot stand up, like, who's going to help me? Am I, am I going to lay down Therefore however long someone till someone is going to find me. So I think from the whole aspect of how CrossFit actually started, it's like functional movements, functional fitness. So what you do in your daily life, pushing, pulling, squatting. If you open up a door, you do a pull. If you push it or like you close a drawer, you, you push. If you go to the toilet or you're going to sit down on your sofa, you do a squat while you're standing up again. So I think... It's nice, all these six-packs and muscles. And, like, obviously, we also like to look good. But I think you also just have to think about what in 20, 30, 40 years.
0: And, guys, in general, there is no right answer for one person. It's across the board. Movement, I think, is the most important factor. And taking the elevator or taking the stairs, walking with your friends, These are all little things that you can incorporate to leading a healthier and more mindful lifestyle. It's not doing CrossFit and killing yourself in the gym and walking on your hands and doing crazy stuff on a bar or powerlifting where you're pulling, you know, 300 plus pounds off the floor. It's just making sure you're mentally sound and you're healthy and you feel good and your body feels good. Because when you work out or when you actually practice exercise and movement, the byproduct, the side effect of all of this is the body, the extra energy you're going to have during the day, right? I mean, I think we could all agree with that. And, you know, it's pretty cool when you can lift 350 pounds off the floor. And I think one thing that people don't look at or your generation, when I was your age, was the confidence that comes with... Oh, I stole your point? Oh, I'm sorry. Here you go. Thank you. <laughs>
1: what happened to you, <laughs> so I never grew up in sports or within this world. I was fully focused on just academia and like on and off I was at the gym wanting to lose weight, make myself smaller, smaller, smaller. So after giving birth, I just felt really weak. It was hard for me to pick up my kid or I was out of breath and So I started training with Rob in the beginning, just to get strong. That was my main intent. And so he programmed this just easy to follow, simple, the big three squat, bench, deadlift to build my strength. And after a year, it turned into something I really enjoyed because of the confidence it gave me. So when you approach a bar, you cannot for one second doubt yourself. You can't. If a small part of you is saying it's not going to get off the ground, then it's not getting off the ground. And it was, I would almost have to fake confidence to complete a lift. And it was that that really carried over into my day-to-day life. And so... What I appreciate is that not only have I this like newfound confidence, but I'm no longer thinking about how small I look or trying to lose weight. I'm not focused on what my body looks like, but I'm focusing on what it can do. And it was that shift in mindset that was really empowering.
5: (laughs) Great answer. Yeah, That's the thing that I like to spell as well of Heya when she said like, when I have a client or someone new comes to me, it's what are we training for? What's your goals? What are we working towards? And Heya's one was, I just want to get stronger and just small steps, good progressions. That's exactly what we did. And now like she's a competitive powerlifter. She took second at the Battle of the East a few months ago. Now last, was it last year, two years ago, Heya didn't even know what a deadlift looked like or what a back squat looked like. But we just build up over time and that say that shift in confidence is like awesome to see as well, especially as she comes into trains. And I suppose guys that have trained or do your training before, sometimes you'll come in and you'll be like tired, like, oh, I don't want to do any of this. I don't even want to go to the gym. But then you do it, how do you feel after you've d- trained or done your session? Anyone? Like, how do you feel? You feel good, right? Yeah, you're glad you did it. You've almost got like this like boost of energy come out of nowhere when you came in feeling tired, like rubbish you just want to go to bed or whatever go home but you put yourself through it and that energy has come from it and you're feeling good and then you can continue or tackle the rest of your day and that's like a great thing to come in week like day in day out or week and week and keep building that confidence and building them progressions where you see where you started from and now where you're at and you've made these huge strides in your health and fitness
0: now, we've hit on some points of what's good about health, and I'm going to jump throw it over to Dr. Dinka to talk about some of the things, some of the issues that are wrong with the health and wellness industry, because there are a lot of things, and we're going to limit everybody to two minutes, Meg, <laughs> All right? me and you, especially, because there's a lot wrong. But Dr. D, from your perspective as a psychologist, what's wrong with it?
3: Well, I think that, you know, people lose perspective of what you're doing. it. So the idea is, is that what's wrong with it is that if you're working out because you want to lose weight and because you want to look good, so you're emphasizing. I mean, one thing I like what Heia was saying is like, you know, if you really think about it, is she's working out and powerlifting because and she's not worried now about her weight or she's not worried about losing weight. She's worried about what her body can do. And I think, uh, you know, because eating disorder has increased, and I've told you guys all that in the classes, and and I've told you that now we're diagnosing it even younger and younger. And I think the concept of, like, we all know that anorexics will spend two or three hours in the gym working out because that's, you know, they're losing weight. Their concept is more about weight, I want to lose. It's not really about exercising. So... I think when people become preoccupied with losing weight or, you know, exercising, they become really obsessed with the idea and, you know, and anything in extreme is no good, right? So that's for me, that's I think, and it's really, you know, I see people, they're, they're not focused on good health. They're focused more on, I want to look thin and thinness. And today we talked about how I like the, the way Instagram is taking away the, the likes who says one more thing that people can stop comparing themselves. And so this comparison, right? So if you're working out and someone else is working out, people tend to compare their body. They compare their weight, the way they look. And we become obsessed, and you're losing the point. The point we're trying to say is that it becomes a lifestyle. Do you know that, well, when Maddie was here, Maddie, how big was I? I was, I was a fat person. I never,
0: never seen you as fat, well, though. I was, I, yeah, I never, I was, was like...
3: 100 kilos. When you were here 2008, when did I have my child, my second child, the 2010? So I was already heavy because... But then after I had my child, my daughter in 2010, I I don't know what I was thinking. I thought that it was just... It was going to melt away. I don't know what happened. I, like, exploded. It took me a long time because I started to change my mind frame. It's, It's a lifestyle now. It's not I exercise because I want to lose weight. I exercise because I enjoy it and because it's part of me now. It's not... Different. So the day I don't go and I'm too busy and like you guys, I can't. I don't have time. It's midterm. It's the day. Then you haven't made it as a you know part of your lifestyle.
0: Meg, throwing it up to you. What's wrong with the health and wellness industry?
2: (laughs) I think the biggest thing is that they they just try to prey on and and promote that or get people to think that they can't be the best. You know, coach for themselves. I think that you, you absolutely might have to work with a coach in the beginning or, or having a coach. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I always have a coach. I think it's always excellent to have somebody who's kind of ahead of you, you know, and whatever it is you want to do. But I think they try to make people feel that, you know, it's just too hard. It's just too complicated. And then you need this sort of immediate quick fix solution. I think there's just a lot of that kind of floating out there. I think they really minimize the mindset side that goes into it to being able to do some of the, the physical things with your body. So, but I think like they promote also, you know, like an, an overtraining, you know, aspect as well too. I think of kind of pressuring people that they need to do more, do more, do more, do more without, you know, it really, you get a lot of these blanket programs out there that don't look at a person individualized and look at maybe the stress load they are under. Maybe a, a heavy physical stress load isn't the first place to start for a lot of people. And then, you know, promoting a lot of disordered eating things, you know, we have anorexia, we have bulimia, we're pretty, you know, familiar with those as eating disorders, but we don't think about, you know, some of these diet and food plans where you're measuring things or you're restricted in your times, you know, I just, I feel like it takes a lot of the power away from you of understanding your own body and how things actually make an impact on you by giving you this blanket solution that is supposed to work for everybody and it's supposed to be immediate. So when it doesn't happen right away, we get frustrated, and then we kind of go back into the old pattern or you know, we do it at one time and things work out great. And then all of a sudden something drops off and now it's not working as good as it used to. And so we start to, you know, internalize this and I'm, you know, weak, I don't have the willpower, you know, it just kind of reinforces a lot of that. If you can find a program and a coach that can guide you through that, the whole person that you are, and not just, you know, the one hour workout or intensity that you can push for an hour or the meal that you can have three times a day or however much, you know, they're saying that you need to eat. I think it just takes a lot of the responsibility away from you trying to figure out what that is for you. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, Ellie?
4: Well, I think, first of all, I think social media is like screwed up to to say it like in a nice way. I do have social media, but I see so many like weird things out there. And I think if you're maybe not from a background that's, sport was like brought into your life or maybe nutrition or a healthy mindset then people are going to start believing these weird things online and then what I also have heard so many times in especially here in this country that people tell me no I will I will go to the gym but I first need to lose weight I'm like "Uh, what (laughs) you have to come to the gym and then we can start like on focusing on losing weight and all these things and also like, I have, personally, I have a lot of clients who tell me, yeah, I need to lose weight, I'm only going to eat one meal a day, because my nutritionist told me to eat only one meal a day from and 1,300 calories, and then I tell that person, you know that kids who are four or five years old, they eat, like, more calories than that. So, I think just the whole mindset, what actually health and nutrition and, like, the whole well-being... And fitness is, is just a bit screwed up. And then you have Instagram who posts these weird movements the whole time. Like, I don't know what people are doing, but I've seen it so many times. Like, uh, try to handstand on a Bosu ball by holding a dumbbell and try to do three different exercises in one. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that complicated. So come to the gym, find a good coach, and just start with just normal things. Squatting, push-ups, just the basics. Like, that's all what you need. And from there you can... Build up that fitness is not that complicated. Hey, it's just in line with
1: what everybody's saying, plus realizing that there is no one size fits all and that you just kind of have to experiment, whether it's with your nutrition or with your fitness, what works for you. And it might not be what everybody's doing, but that doesn't matter.
0: Rob. Hi.
5: Yeah, hey, is it a great point? It's like a uh... Social media, like, especially for, like, guys, for instance, like, girls is always like that stick of bowl. I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. But what about, like, guys here? We always have to look like the guy on Men's Health. Or, like, fitness, like, magazines also portray out this, like, uh, stereotype look that actually isn't healthy. Like, dieting down to such a low body fat percentage isn't actually healthy. I imagine that all the guys in them photo shoots are, pro- like, grumpy, hungry all the time because of the lifestyle that they're having to live. Or they may be photoshopped as well. So when you're constantly seeing this, this is how I have to look, it's uh, not great for our mental health. And like when I was younger, I was definitely in that boat where it's like, I need to look like this, I gotta look like this. But when I shifted and like, hey, saying it's not what I look like, it's what I can do or how I'm feeling, then everything starts to fall in place and you not only feel better, but then actually you start to perform better. And because of this, you start to look better as well. So these all sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, like uh, they were saying, like rather than trying to make everything super complicated and trying to do all these fancy movements and exercise and this latest gimmick or this latest fad diet, like stick to the basics. The basics work. They've been there for a long time for a reason. And that's why they work so well. Like if you can experiment with yourself and see what works and fits you, then that's great. Like not everyone has to be vegan. Not Everyone has to be vegetarian or not everyone has, like you don't have to take supplements straight away. This all sort of stuff you don't need. You stick to the basics, dial down a good healthy eating plan or like habits, then you can build on that and the results will speak for themselves.
0: All right, who's a business major here? Marketing, anyone marketing your business? What part of business? Accounting, all right, great. Any marketers here? One marketer? Marketing? All right. Economics? All right. Well, you two guys, this is the fitness industry. Marketing and accounting numbers, and selling an idea. That is the biggest issue I see with the fitness industry. Multi-level marketing schemes that we see time and time and time again, dating back to the 80s, when in reality, everything everyone set up here is true. You stick to the basics, and that's what really works. And if you go back to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you go back to all the guys who established in the fitness industry, they did the simple movement, you know? Bench, squat, uh, overhead press, and, you know, bent over row. I like bent over rows. Anyone know what a bent over row is? Yeah? All right, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that was my two cents. Dr. Diuro.
3: No, I was thinking, we forgot to... to, You were thinking? I was thinking, (laughs) you know, plastic surgery, right? seems like people are more willing to have, you know, to go through these extremes of plastic surgery than to be able to have, you know, to go to exercise. Like, I have a lot of also... Patients that say, no, I want to do this like sleeve. So they'll, they'll do the sleeve surgery, and then they want to lose weight, and then they want to go exercise, which makes no sense. Because they don't want, they, you know, I, f- I feel like here people are quick at having these quick fixes. So if I can get a surgery and it makes me lose 20 kilo very quickly, I will do that. And then I will think about exercising. And I think that that's, you know, for your age, it shouldn't even be considered... Because you uh, shouldn't be considered at all, but if you have to, then you. But if you're already thinking about, you can't monitor your weight and you you know, you can't be self disciplined and exercise and think that the quick fix would be to have a surgery, then you're not really teaching yourself anything. You're only teaching yourself that I'm going to do the surgery. And I mean, I've had patients even say to me, oh, it's okay if I gain weight, I'll just do it again, or, you know, I'll do a lipo or whatever. Instead of saying, well, what about thinking about lifestyle changes? So that's, you know, it seems like we need to address that. too. How about the questions you have? Yeah. Let's answer your questions. Do you have any questions? You do.
0: Don't be shy. You might get a t shirt if it's cool enough. (laughs) You do. Oh, I'll I'll run the mic out to you. Do
3: you want to get a t shirt?
0: We can't give all of our t shirts away, Dr. (laughs) D. I'm just
3: joking. I'm just joking. I treat my students nice. Uh, basically, we all want to be
4: healthy and we want to be uh, athletic and uh, participate in sports and stuff. But we have a conflict because we're in a university and we we have a conflict with time management. And also because of um, temptation from like everywhere. like the diner, food temptation. And the
3: Starbucks. So the yeah, temptation. basically like the food, food
4: temptation because like especially in Kuwait, we have a restaurant opening every like, uh-huh. I don't know, every day. And uh, food gatherings and like stuff mm. like that. How do we deal with that?
0: We actually have an episode. I think it was like episode 43 with first steps to the gym. So we can hit on that right now. But I would definitely go back and listen to some of those episodes because we hit on a lot of good points. I don't know. Any one of you guys? Anyone? Anyone? Crickets from the I stage? Think,
2: like You're going to perform a lot better in your studies and in school if you're physically feeling well. So I think there's always something that you can do. There's some kind of a habit throughout the day where you can work in a little bit of extra movement just to help your body feel its best, which is going to help sharpen you up for your studies and things. So I think the going through school, I know it is a hard time to prioritize movement with that. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, family balance as well outside of this. And especially like in Kuwait food is entertainment. So it's like when you do want to decompress from school, that is the form of, you know, going out to eat is what you do. And so that kind of comes down to again, of just, changing the mindset around it of not necessarily telling yourself, like I can't have these things and feeling so much restriction all the way around, rather than saying like, I'm choosing not to have these things or I'm choosing to have these things because it makes me feel good because this falls in line with where I see myself, like Ellie was talking about in 10, 20, 30 years, like having that, that little vision of what is life like after school because school is not forever, unless you're Heya and you always want to be a student.
3: (laughs) But I think that we talked about lifestyle, right? So you're not thinking about, it, do I have time to exercise? I have time for exercise because this is part of my routine. Just like you go going to your classes, you've got a schedule, you have to study for your exam. This is just one of those things that you have to do, you know. Uh, should you not eat, should you eat at family gathering? Obviously, you're not going to be able to say no to every relative or you'll be, like, kicked out, but moderation. I mean, we have to exercise this common sense thing in moderation. I can eat but not eat all of it or pick and choose what I want to eat. No one is saying don't eat. I hope not because I'm eating. But I think it's just, you know, I eat a lot more today, tomorrow, I balance it out with something else. I mean, I don't know if that's the right thing, all these health people. But in my <laughs> mind, it works. You know, I don't starve myself the next day, but I eat less. If I didn't exercise this week, I do a little extra next week. Or, you know, like I always tell people, it doesn't matter if you don't have time to go to the gym, use the stairs. Why are you guys... I use the stairs the days I haven't worked out for a couple of days. Don't use the elevator. There are many things. Park your car far away and walk. There are so many little things you could do. It's not about your exams. You know it.
5: Yeah, Meg said a good point as well. Like, just trying to find that balance. So, like... If you are going out for food or gatherings, maybe look ahead, or look ahead if you can find a menu and see, okay, I'm not gonna order like X like chips or whatever. Let's change that for something a little bit more greener or something a little bit more on the healthier side. But it's all in moderation. Like you can enjoy these meals in smaller amounts rather than going all out every single time. And if you're struggling for time, like I'm sure we can all find 20 minutes just to get something. Something's better than nothing. So I say, either just taking the stairs, even going for a walk, maybe just help clear your head and get you back in that mental right state and then get back into your studies if you need to will help. Ellie?
4: I uh, totally agree on that. Personally, I have an online client who does a study and has to do an internship here in Kuwait. And she can only work out from home. So maybe that's an option. Maybe you can like buy a set of dumbbells, kettlebell, ball, and just start working out from home, even when it is like... 30 minutes, 40 minutes, just 30 or 40 minutes from your evening is not that much. And in like regarding to the foods, you don't need fries every day. You don't need this sandwich with like all this mayo and ice, ketchup, whatever, every day. You don't need that cake every day. And I love pizza and like, and all these kind of things. I love it. If you give it to me every single day in front of my nose, I will probably eat it, but I know it's not good for me. So I made the decision with myself. That's only on a Friday or a Saturday I allow myself to have this meal, but then the rest of the day I will still eat good things. So you can start like that. You don't have to restrict yourself completely from not eating these things. Come on, we are all human. We all need these things, but you don't need it every single day.
0: I'm going to steal a page out of Meg's book that she forgot to bring up, and she's mentioned it in a gazillion episodes Instead of thinking of reducing on your plate, think of adding on your plate. Think of adding the greens. Think of adding the healthier foods or the better foods for you rather than saying, oh, I got to take this away. Because as Dr. Dinka, the greatest psychologist that ever lived and ever was, would say, (laughs) having the wrong mindset to it is only going to push you further to breaking the mold. So if you're telling yourself and you're restricting yourself, oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. You're only going to want it more. So, I mean, just have an open mind towards it and think of, you know, adding the healthier foods. Trust me, look, I weighed 120 kilos at one point. I couldn't run after my two-year-old son at one point. And this was like three, four years ago. And I lost my weight over the span of about a year and a half, two years. And it was done through changing my mindset. And then I got into CrossFit and I was like, oh, I can do this because I'd built a solid base to work from. And that was just changing my lifestyle and having the right mindset. And Dr. D's talked about that on several episodes. We actually have an episode, Reprogramming, that Dr. D dives into on how to reprogram your mindset to get to that state and just think of things differently. So I want to shift away from the health and fitness questions a little bit into the business side, because we all have our businesses on the side. And you guys might have some questions about starting a podcast, starting an online business. And, you know, does anyone have any questions on that? Because we're running out of time. Uh, So I just wanted to ask, I'm sure when you started this podcast, you had
5: goal in mind. And in business terms, they call that both the vision and mission statement. So what is your mission and vision statement?
0: Meg, or do you want me to take this one?
2: I'll just give a little bit and then you can probably take it from there. I was going to say like what brought us together, I think was just being frustrated of seeing a lot of people just going through that cycle of trying things. It doesn't work, falling off, going through the slumps because we had been there as well. So I think our mission and thing was like to save people the frustration <laughs> of, you know, really spiraling through those things for a long period of time and getting people to believe that they do have, you know, more control over their health than what they think. I think it's easy for a lot of people to think their bodies are working against them. And so it's just really bringing out that, that other side of it and getting together to bring that to the forefront of bringing those experts there. So our vision, I think, was just to simplify things, to bring out the best information, because there is so much fluff and media is so big there. You know, Instagram, I didn't know anything about it until I got to Kuwait. And it is like massive, the influence that it has on its population there. And so I think just really wanting to disrupt what was being put on out there.
0: Dr. D.? Psyched with Dr. Day?
3: Muted. One of my purpose and has been for several years now is awareness. Just because I have a clinic and besides working here full time, I also see clients. And I felt like a lot of people were like misunderstand what is psychology about. So. I'm very big on awareness, and I think the more we can give, especially in psychology, it just seems like I was getting more and more of these uh, patients who are like, have their symptoms for five years or 10 years, and they've gone everywhere else, and they didn't, you know, and then they come to a psychologist, why didn't you come to me first? They're like, well, I'm not crazy, I thought only crazy people saw you, all these, you know, labels that we put on people that are struggling with mental illnesses, so... When I uh, came on the project Kuwait, and then I thought, well, this is a good way to just be able to put awareness and have people listen to episodes, like I said, in very lighthearted kind of thing, not really technical and scientific, because I could do that here in academic. And I thought that this would really educate people. My purpose is to be able to get people to understand that you can go to a psychologist just like you can go to your GP. It's no different. You can treat yourself for diabetes than treat yourself for being depressed. Or... And also, I, I want people to understand the differences. If you have panic, what does it look like or anxiety and depression? And just the other day, I told this person, you have depression, and she freaked out. She started crying as if I just told her she has cancer. I was like, you know, depression is like very common now. And I said, why are you upset? Oh, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. That makes me feel like I'm weak. So I do these podcasts so people don't say these statements.
0: NMP uh,
5: for us it was just to uh, for myself like you see so many different like programs out there and so much like so much fancy exercises and we're trying to cut through the cookie clutter and like the misguidance and it can be confusing if you're trying to coach yourself you're like where do I even start where to begin so for us we wanted to basically be on an online base where we can reach out to people that have goals or like. Visions that they want to work towards, and we can help get you guys there through showing the consistency, pulling the hard work, and you will reach these goals or these targets that you want to hit. Versus just following the next fad because you saw a celeb promoted or doing this next like uh, these next like fancy exercises because you saw it on Instagram. But is it actually helping you reach your goals and what you want to actually? work towards. So that's why sort of the name was No Magic Pill, because there was there's no real magic. It's just the hard work, the consistency, and the good line of program that works for you and your individual needs.
0: From my perspective, and I think Meg would agree with me from the project's perspective, it was to cut out the BS. Excuse me, PG thirteen, I know. But Accountability just to cut
2: for coaches and people.
0: Yeah. And that's you know, that sums it all up. Any other questions about how to start a podcast or Start an online program or anything? No? Crickets? Crickets? All right. Who wants to get a T-shirt? Who wants some T-shirts? We got some cool T-shirts. Do you, do you read the back of my T-shirt? I'm not funny enough for you guys? Seriously? I'm not funny enough? Come on, guys. I know I'm old and stuff, and I got a scraggly beard, but give me a laugh. An applause, maybe? Oh, wait, I got a question there. Yeah, there we go. I think he's just going to say that I'm pretty funny, so oh you want a t-shirt oh man i thought you were gonna say i thought you had a question dude you gotta ask a question at least yeah, I, um,
2: do you mainly calculate calories or you weigh your protein every day for, for, a, for me th-
5: yeah uh yeah so f- for me personally yeah i follow a uh a macro plan where i'll sort of like meal prep in the week and then have a breakdown of like carbs proteins and fats that's just personally me i like to do that i like the accountability of it. And I know like if I make sure that I'm eating enough, so that's what I like to do. But I won't say you have to do All it. Right, no. Like it can become very obsessive. You don't have to be going to the restaurants and take your scales with you or be like, can you weigh that for me before you put it on my plate? You can like have like eyeballs or sort of like ideas of rations of how much you're eating. So there's many ways to do it. It's just what fits best for you. So like if you don't want to count calories, that's fine. You don't have to.
4: I don't. Yeah. Because it stressed me out. Yeah. It just stressed me out. If I have I don't to either. <laughs> if if it says that I have to eat three hundred more like calories, but I'm not hungry, I'm not gonna eat it. Like. So I just try to listen to my body. And I just try to put the right things in my body. So I'm not gonna say I'm gonna eat cookies every single night if I'm hungry, but I just try to listen. So I, if I feel my body just needs more because I just did a little bit more exercise or I just had like a longer workday, I will eat more. But if I feel I don't really need it, like, I'm not. So it's just all depends.
0: Crickets, Meg, Dr. D, Heya. Anyone else want to chime in on that one? Oh, we got a question? All right. Is it for a t-shirt? Because we're running out of (laughs) t-shirts.
3: All right. So um,
5: I tried to exercise formally like three years ago and uh, had some bad experience doing it. I tried to exercise for uh, at least six months, doing it five days a week, two days rest, cheat days, and then I stopped. The reason I stopped is um, uh, one day I blacked out and then my friends told me that I fell. And now I'm considering uh, going back to exercising, but it kind of scares me every time I think about it. So what do you guys think?
0: I would throw that to Dr. Dinka.
3: <laughs> have you thought about going back to the gym with a trainer? Somebody that would be with you for a couple of times just until you get safe. The only way to do it, I mean, obviously it sounds like you've developed a phobia with in the gym. And you have the only way to do it is you gotta go back, Muhammad, you have to go back to the gym. But maybe have somebody with you, maybe have a, a coach who's trained to be able to supervise it at first for a month until you're safe and then you can do it on your own. To me, Starts I mean, I, I even if I know what I'm doing, I still want to go with a trainer. I enjoy having trainers. I'd also ask,
5: uh, why did you back out? Was it because you wasn't eating enough or was you just like doing too much too soon? So I went to medical right after. They said, yes, I wasn't eating enough, but they told me to stay out of the gym for oh, yes. like oh. a bit of time because yeah. so it's really unhealthy for that you In that case if you're basically you doing that. too much too soon and eating too little let's reverse that let's get you eating more but also just slowly introducing yourself back into the gym yeah. so you've gone from five days to zero why don't we just introduce two days into the gym see how you feel you're feeling good okay let's run that for two three weeks you're still feeling good you're eating well let's add another day So now we're three days in the gym and we can just slowly progress yourself back into the gym where you'll feel comfortable, but also you feel good about yourself because you're eating enough. Like it's a common thing we see where people go like, right, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. I'm going to run on my own in the mornings. I'm going to do spin class in the evenings and I'm going to eat just uh, breakfast and that's it. And it's okay. How's it going? Yeah, I lasted a week and I just crashed and burnt out but let's slowly progress, slowly build yourself back up into time. So you don't want to go like zero to a hundred. It's like just small steps, slowly introduce yourself back into the gym.
0: Meg, you looked like you were going to pull your hair out.
2: I when when you heard at, the doctor, yeah, the doctor I one. the same thing along, Rob, of like what happened before that? Like, you know, what happened an hour before that? What happened three hours before that? And clearly, yeah, it's not having, having enough food in you, but for a doctor to tell you, like just never go back to the gym, that irritates me because I feel like that is, the story. A lot of times I've heard from people where I think, and I had gone in, you know, to the doctor a few times there as well. And it was like, the prescription was always take this and also don't move. And I think that movement is so healing, but it just doesn't have to be the the high intensity that everyone, you know, associates with exercise right away. So starting off slow, but definitely like, I was, and that's where I say, like, you can't undermine, you know, your nutrition that's going to completely determine, you know, what energy and things you have. And I see that happening in Ramadan, especially a lot in the gyms. There are people thinking that this is a time, you know, to lose weight where food and, and things are definitely restricted. You've just made some massive changes of, you know, not a lot of caffeine, not a lot of hydration, you know, whatever it is, and then going in and trying to work out, workout. And like that happens all the time with, you know, just people not understanding, you know, the demands that the basic needs that your body does have.
0: Hey, yeah. You're a deadlifter. I mean, the only time I've almost passed out was when I was deadlifting, and I think that was lack of oxygen to the brain. So has that ever happened to you, deadlifting?
1: <laughs> yeah, eat more.
0: Eat, there it is. Eat more and know your weight, too. I mean, for me, like I said, the one time I almost passed out at a gym was when I was deadlifting, and that was probably just, like, lack of oxygen. My face turned red, and I had a vein popping out of my head. It was not a pretty sight, but it was, it was yeah that was my experience and eat more everything robin meg said i mean it's right on the money ellie you got anything on that one
4: no i totally agree all right cool on that yeah just listen to your body as well cuz i don't think that you will you would just walk and then all of a sudden you pass out i think there's a build up to it that you might you're probably going to feel a bit dizzy lightheaded like so when you when you feel that just just like, just know yourself, maybe stop, just drink some water, like maybe grab a banana or an apple and just eat it. And then if you feel good continue, otherwise just leave it for the day, go home, eat, drink, and then go back the next day.
0: Before we get to the next question, I just wanted to emphasize on one thing we haven't really talked about is sleep. Sleep is so important. And when I was 20, 22, 19. I figured I'd go on, you know, four hours of sleep, get into class, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's with me on that? How, show of hands. Who goes to sleep at like 4 a.m., wakes up for their 8 a.m. class, walks in in their pajamas? Yeah. Now that's me. All right. That's definitely me. But sleep is so important to your recovery and your mental clarity. So don't forget about sleep. And I don't know what your sleeping habits were, man, but that could have been a reason for it too, dude. So, yeah. But, yeah, over to our next question.
3: It's not a question, but I would give a tip. There's uh, formulas for uh, everything in fitness. Like, dieting, there's a formula you put for your carb and your protein. Even uh, exercise has a formula. So you would put your uh, weight, and uh, depending on uh, beginner, advanced, or how leveled are you in, the exercise, you would uh, put your weight on the formula and have the weights. So you would be more It's uh, better to be safer rather than going with the adrenaline of the rush in the gym then getting injured.
0: I mean, that is a way of looking at it. There's, the, again, I go back to what we said at the beginning. There is no wrong way as long as you're moving. And I think we could all agree on that. Rob, what do you, Meg, what do you guys think of that? Personally, I think everybody's different, and general rules sometimes vary. Versus my body and Rob's body, we weigh the same, but he can definitely yeah, I weigh around like eighty nine, man. How much you weigh? Yeah, roughly around the same. But here's the here's the main difference: he can squat like five hundred pounds or like four thirty or something. I can only squat like three fifty. So there's almost a hundred pound difference between us. Our bodies are different, our genetic makeup's different.
5: Yeah, I would say like you were saying about, so for the nutrition side of things, yeah, that's absolutely, that's a good way to basically find out where your baseline is so you could hit maintenance. And if you went to lose weight, you would minus X amount. If you went to gain weight, you would add X amount. For the training side, it's such a variety. What's your training years? How many years have you been training? If you're just starting up this week, you're not going to be doing the same thing that the guy that's been training for three to four years. So you're trying to get that balance of how long you've been training for, how new are you to this sort of like, this like training in general. If you're new to it, you won't be doing like three hours, four hour sessions, like five times a week. You may just start off two or three sessions a week just for half an hour, 45 minutes. And then you start to progress and build from there. And the same for like, you're saying if you're more on the strength base, you're trying to improve that. You may go off a percentage or a numbers off of your one RMs or your max lifts that you've already built up from. So there's some of the like calculations you may use for your lifting.
0: Yeah. All right. So last t-shirt giveaway before we kind of end things right now. And here it is. Everyone's quick with their phones. So the first couple of people to follow the project Kuwait like and tag two friends. And follow at NMP, No Magic Pill Programming, like and tag two friends. We'll each get a t-shirt once Haya picks them out. So go. See how quick you guys are. Some of you are already following. You guys are already following Dr. Dinka. Of course. And if you're not, you're probably going to get like C's and D's. <laughs> she is the greatest professor ever, though.
2: More like
0: it. not? Oh, Is it not? Oh, we got no, we got no service. We got we got no service. So all right, that plan was bunk. Okay. Who could name a Project Kuwait episode? Just come on to iTunes, guys. Come on. Who name what? Huh? No, man. I said that. I'm not giving you a t shirt for that one. Nice try, dude. That was a, give me a dab. That was pretty good, though. That was definitely pretty good. First steps to the gym. Anyone else? Name any what? All right, that's one. That's definitely one. That was a good episode, too. That was with Donna Nasrallah. She was an Olympian, one of the first female Kuwaiti Olympians to go to the Olympics. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with Larson. So you're, you're a listener, huh? Do you only listen to Psyched with Dr. D? Or do you listen to the uh, health? Yeah? Do you like the show? Is it good? You guys like it? Anyone have a question about how to start a podcast? Because you guys need to start podcasts soon like it's the new media we got one more t-shirt left oh no who first steps to the gym all right all right you get one anyways man it's good you don't have a cell phone in your hands any other questions guys anyone want to know how to start a podcast what was it how do we start a podcast thank you for asking that i was just waiting for someone to ask that question all right so it's actually really easy if you want to start a podcast it's super simple you need to find the right sound equipment, all right, which you can do right now. I mean, any, just get anything on Amazon. Get a good mic. Get a couple of good mics. Find someone that's good with sound and editing. Even learn how to do it yourself. And it's easy to upload on iTunes and, you know, Spotify. So the more people that start podcasts, the more people there will be to listen to podcasts and it's going to be the new form of media you guys are the new generation so you should shepherd up this new form of media and you know it's cool so any I other questions
2: I, I think in like five years i've said it's going to be like close to getting saturated the way like blogs are now i think there's like 14 blogs for every podcast that there is right now so like now is a great time to start your podcast start playing kind of work out some of the kinks so if you don't have the sound equipment and that kind of stuff, like just start, start playing, just get a couple of recordings down, get comfortable speaking or interviewing, get into it. Cause it is something that is going to take off within the five years.
0: Yeah. That's a good point right there is interviewing. If you listen to our earlier episodes, to our episodes now, <laughs> I think there's a huge... Evolution in the way we interview and talk on the mic. Dr. D, I'm sure you could second that too. Like from where we started in June to where we are now and the flow of the conversation, Rob, you've been on twice. And if you compare the first time, Haya, she, like from a marketing perspective, she's got some of our best numbers in terms of uh, download, downloads. But she, like, comes on every once in a while and she's very. Yeah, she's on Psych with Dr. D, not on the other show. Meg keeps trying to get her on the other show, but she just doesn't come on. But she's very articulate, so that also helps. I would say watch Ellen. Who watches Ellen here? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, everyone watches Ellen. She is an amazing interviewer. And before you would have to get a broadcast degree and all this stuff, just go on YouTube, watch Ellen, watch watch like Sanjay Gupta and those people, and you'll learn how to do it. And if you want to learn how to be a crossfitter, just watch this guy up here. (laughs) So I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. Any other questions, guys? All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.